I'm DM. Welcome to Still I Try. I'm a New York native, INFJ, bagel-eating fantasizer that watches Twister on every holiday, and I'm a mom of two. I have a three-year-old named Emerson and a nearly four-month-old named Wilder, and I live in the Pacific Northwest with my husband, who is a software developer. Since having my first child, I've felt very strongly about maintaining the authenticity I've always liked about myself as I'm a pretty no BS kind of person and I like to keep it real. And I felt like authenticity and realness has been hard to come by in regards to parenthood, especially when it comes to socially unacceptable thoughts about one's children and one's feelings. It also seems like many people in my life who I trusted and wanted to confide in became very put off by the things I have and had to say. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. I'm not always happy. I can indeed picture my life without my kids. I actually think that version of me would be eating good food in Vietnam right now. I'm very passionate about having the hard conversations that allow for more authenticity and realness. I started this podcast for a few reasons. The first being that I just like to talk about hard things. I like to talk about feelings and break down barriers and stigma where possible. And I really feel like scary things have less power when we give them names and talk about them and that we can change the depiction of lifestyles or life's trials and tribulations, one truthful confession or story at a time. That's basically what I want to do with this podcast. Primarily, I want to talk about what motherhood is for myself and many authentically. No pretty pictures or highlights, no guys, no sanctimonious ramblings. I'm not that kind of a person. I feel like we get to the good stuff when we can sit with feeling uncomfortable. I want to talk about motherhood and what lies beneath the joy people can't help but mention when bringing up parenting and the love every minute narrative. I want to talk about postpartum depression, rage, failure, adjustment, loneliness, resentment, the way relationships change, parenting while suicidal, parenting after surviving trauma, hard stuff. Stuff our bootstrap society doesn't want to hear or acknowledge. Stuff that makes people and ourselves uncomfortable. Stuff that I and so many people I know experience. I want to talk about what it's like to try hard to be good at this and just try to make it through the day. Sometimes the day sucks and sometimes all I do is make it to the end and sometimes all I succeeded at was somehow avoiding a car tantrum. I guess I just want more than anything to be a voice of solidarity in being completely real. You're not bad at this. This is just really hard. It can feel impossible to do this whole parenting thing, but I'm always up to try. Today's podcast will be an introduction. I'll talk about what got me here, what led to me becoming a parent, and how I found myself starting a podcast about doing what feels like the impossible job of parenting. This is hard for me to say because it makes me feel selfish or like I wasn't being considerate of the lives I'd be creating, but I wasn't really sure I wanted kids when it ended up becoming my reality. 
in hindsight, I don't think I would have ever been sure, but it's something that I twist around in my head and work myself up over at least once a month. This all started in late 2015. Um, I was grieving the loss of my two grandparents who both died that summer. I had a nibbling born that summer and was witnessing the transition of several friends into parenthood. And I started to feel like something was missing. If I'm being really honest, what was missing was a sense of family. And given that I don't have the best relationship with my parents, it felt like I lost my entire family when my grandparents died. I wanted them back. I wanted my family back. And after coming to terms with the fact that I would never be a granddaughter again, I figured one day that I could maybe be a grandmother and be to someone else what my own grandma was to me. And the first step was to actually become a mother. You know, like the essential part of this whole equation. I could have a family again. And the only thing I needed to do was start one. When my period was late for the second time ever in eight years, I thought that I could be pregnant and my husband and I were excited. I mean, I was also terrified, but I was happy and it felt right in a way I can't fully articulate. I didn't intend to take a pregnancy test until seven days had passed and I ended up getting my period after five. My husband and I were both disappointed, so that was really the keg in the casket of our child-free life. We were in Hawaii at the time, and that night as we watched the sunset from a hot tub, we talked about how this was probably our last vacation without children. And actually, we have that moment recorded on a a GoPro. We'd end up trying to conceive during my next cycle, and that was apparently all it took. I got a positive pregnancy test the next month, and we were elated. I was smiling all the time. I was just so proud and so excited, and it was one of the happiest times of my life. But then several weeks later, at a doctor's appointment, I found out I was miscarrying. When I went home after that appointment, I screamed, cried hysterically, pounded on the floor, and just generally lost it. I was going to try to see if the bleeding started naturally, and if it didn't have a DNC, My doctor told me to wait at least one cycle, and ideally a few cycles before trying again. But I was angry and hurt, and as a kind of a screw you to the universe, I had sex every single day after the bleeding stopped, and found myself pregnant again immediately. Um, But something had changed. I wasn't excited, I wasn't happy, I felt like a failure, I felt like I couldn't trust my body, I felt disconnected from my physical self, like the person that miscarried the baby I wanted so badly couldn't have been me, this person. I started having panic attacks. I thought often about how I was pregnant with a consolation baby, but not the baby I wanted. And then the hyperemesis gravidarum began. I resented my pregnancy and the baby because I was so sick. I spent the entirety of my pregnancy crying for what amounted to hours at a time. I sought therapy, which I went to twice a week during the last two months of my pregnancy, and I gave birth at 42 weeks to a little girl who looked just like me, and I felt nothing. And after I felt nothing, I felt that I lost everything. And after I felt that I lost everything, I felt profound sadness. 
I felt resentment and confusion. And after that, I felt pure rage. My baby was very high needs. She cried a lot, couldn't be put down, and quite literally only slept with a nipple in her mouth. And I know how this sounds, but I wanted nothing to do with my daughter. I became suicidal for about a year before I sought the help I desperately needed. I started to feel a little better when she slept through the night at seven months old, but ultimately it only took the very edge off of my rage, but not my suicidal ideation. Something I didn't mention yet is that I practiced, and still do practice, respectful parenting, which is something I'll talk more about at another time. So it took a lot of self-restraint to not completely flip out, and I turned all of my feelings inward. Anyway, I only started to feel any connection with her when she was 13 months old, and I really only started to appreciate that I had her and not the baby I was pregnant with before her at that time, too. I don't feel ashamed of the way I felt because feelings aren't bad or good, but I do regret that I wasn't able to enjoy her infancy. I barely remember that time of her life, given the haze I was living in. And when I look at pictures of her as a baby, it feels so weird to think those moments actually happened. After the fog lifted, I found myself feeling actual love for my daughter. She was silly and sweet, and she did things only parents probably find to be incredible. And I was decently happy. I mean, I was stressed out because I was trying to be the perfect respectful parent and had no example to go by. I was breaking the cycle of abuse and it took so much of my energy. I honestly spent so much time wrapped up in doing things perfectly. And perfectionism is something I've always struggled with. I made things more difficult than they needed to be, and I still do. I also didn't feel very much like my daughter at all in terms of temperament and personality, and it contributed to feelings of unfamiliarity and detachment. And if I'm just going to be super real here, it still does. When my daughter was about 18 months old, I started to feel like I wanted another baby, kind of. I didn't necessarily want to have the same experience as I had with my first, but I figured that things would probably be different in some ways, or I hoped that they would be. I felt that something, again, was missing. I felt somehow that there should be two kids in my life, but I just didn't have one of them because they were lost. It was confusing, but I was so excited to have another baby. I found out I was pregnant slightly after my daughter's second birthday and was overjoyed, but still that pregnancy brought up a lot of old feelings and I felt scared a lot, still didn't trust my body, started having panic attacks again, I missed the baby I lost and thought about them a lot, and I also had hyperemesis gravidarum again, which made it all worse. And this time I was parenting a toddler, so it was an adventure to try to hold it all together and keep the world turning. I had an accidental, unassisted home birth, a story I'll eventually get to, I'm sure, on my due date and felt complete joy. I was immediately in love with my second daughter and it was amazing and surreal. I didn't know I could feel that way about a person I didn't know. But I also harbored resentment because of my birth experience started having new life stressors, 
we found out my husband has a serious autoimmune disease when our daughter was born and I could start to feel myself slipping down the path of depression again. Now the baby is nearly four months old. She will be four months old tomorrow. And my first just celebrated her third birthday this month. And overall, I'm thankful for my kids and my life. And still, it's a struggle. I try my best, but I often feel like I'm failing. I don't know what I expected parenthood to be, but I know I didn't expect this. It feels so, so much harder than I could have ever prepared myself for. No one said it was easy, but no one ever said it could be this hard. I came into this phase of my life with longing and loneliness, and I didn't realize or accept until more recently with something to prove. Like I said earlier, I don't have a good relationship with my parents, and it stems from the way I was treated. They didn't treat me very well, and that was a pretty big part of my life, and it stuck with me. I was determined to live in such a way, and even feel such a way, that I could somehow prove to them a few things. That behavior is a choice, that it's not hard to not be a jerk to your kids, and that I was going to do this better. I felt so passionate about being kind and respectful to one's children when I was a child and when I was child-free, and I made it a huge part of my identity. I was kind, I was respectful, I was empathetic. I was a person who not only displayed these traits, but someone in my mind who just somehow inherently had them. And it took becoming a parent myself to realize that's not entirely true. I used those things as a defense mechanism when I was a kid, and I behaved the opposite of my parents as a kind of reverse psychology tactic, as a way to de-escalate their behavior by behaving the polar opposite. And honestly, coming to the realization that empathy and kindness takes energy and effort and practice was pretty disheartening. And realizing that when you're struggling, it's an impossible task to conjure the spoons to give your children all of what you were not given. And that was humbling to say the least. I still believe behavior is a choice, but it's very hard to have self-restraint when you're triggered. It is hard to not be a jerk to your kids when you're feeling so overwhelmed and your natural inclination is toward an authoritarian style of parenting when it's internalized from your childhood. I'll talk more about that in the next episode about parenting expectations versus reality. I didn't come into parenthood for what some would call the quote-unquote right reasons. I didn't want to parent for parenting's sake. I didn't want to necessarily have the experience of raising a child, which I now know includes being screamed at a lot. And honestly, who really wants that? Does anyone go into parenting for the so-called right reasons? I went into it for my own reasons, which I've explained. But it wasn't out of wanting to sacrifice myself for the sake of another generation or something like that. I didn't do it altruistically. And despite what my own mom tells me, despite what I see in problematic Facebook posts, no one does. 
saying that some folks do is just another way to add oppression and shame to keep people under the thumb of the patriarchy and misogyny, and I am not cool with that. Right now, I'm trying to respectfully parent two children. My three-year-old is acting like a three-year-old and I'm struggling with her behavior and I'm trying to navigate it. I'm still learning how to function with two kids and I struggle with having an identity outside of parenthood. I feel stressed a lot. I feel angry and resentful often. I feel like all of my resources are taxed and I wake up every day not knowing how I am going to do this. But I try to push through the hurdles anyway and see where I end up and it's not like I have a choice. Sometimes I feel good about what I did that day. Sometimes I cry on the couch when the kids are asleep. I'm trying to do it alone with no family nearby and the lack of a true village that I know I need. Unless parenting groups can be considered a village and I have that, but I don't have the connections I really seek. Maybe it would make it all easier if I had more of an in-person village or deeper authentic connections with people I've met online. I also just generally need an outlet. I suppose that's what brings me here. I may not be able to have a village, but maybe someone else can feel like they have one if they listen to this and find anything that resonates with them. Maybe I'll connect with like-minded people or build upon friendships or acquaintance relationships through this. Maybe I'll just get my thoughts into the ether and release them from my brain. Maybe I'll learn how to do the impossible by talking about how much I try to do it. Either way, I'm glad to be here and I'm feeling excited to talk more about the experience of motherhood from a perspective that isn't all joy or having it all together. I'm excited to talk about the enormity and impossibility of it all and trying day after day to be the best parent I can. I don't want to preach, I just want to process, I just want to keep trying. I hope that you can find the will to keep trying too and that maybe together and with support we can keep doing hard things. Thanks for listening. Um, And I'll be back with the next episode. See you then. Join me next week for a conversation about parenting expectations versus reality.